Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mojo Girl Madness and the Mojo Girl Madness origin story. I'm Mojo Girl. What the hell is Mojo Girl Madness, you ask? Well, Mojo Girl Madness is me and me having conversations with some pretty amazing friends and showbiz colleagues, experts, or just all around funny, interesting people. Mojo Girl Madness is for when you're looking for thought-provoking talks about life, death, love, career, family, reinvention, authenticity, age, sex, dreams, dreams about sex. Yeah, it's all over the place. And that's okay. We're all all over the place. And that's okay, too. Some episodes may have timely elements, but none so much as to not have nuggets you can use or ponder now. And I may throw in some entertainment industry episodes, too. Because this is the intro episode, though... I'm just going to tell you a little bit about me and why you may want to press that subscribe or favorites button. By the way, sidebar, early sidebar, I've listened to pods for years, and the subscribe thing threw me for a long time. Bear with for just a second if this is old news for you, but for the rest of you, to subscribe means the same thing as to follow or add to your favorites list. But because it's a form of the word subscription, it always sounded to me like I was going to be obligated to pay something or fill something out. You don't. You don't have to pay or do anything. To subscribe is just to add this pod to your favorites list so you can easily find it and any new episodes the next time you're scrolling for a pod. You just have to press on that plus sign or subscribe button or favorites or follow. (sighs) That word subscribe makes me mad. (laughs) my first mad moment on Mojo Girl Madness. All right, back to the origin story. When I was much younger, I wanted to be an expert in something, anything, the go-to person for that. I ended up knowing just enough about a lot of stuff. I try to have been there, done that, and mostly I have. I'm a life survivor who sometimes walks outside the norm. I've been called fearless by more than a few, but that's so not true. I'm always afraid. I'm a non-believer who believes everything happens for a reason, like you listening to this pod. So, with those initial impressions installed, let the podcast begin. Before I go any further, just a couple of thoughts on the situation we're all in right now. It wouldn't feel right jumping in and not addressing our circumstances. This will become a time capsule of sort years down the road when somebody is listening to this podcast, but this is right now. When I started planning this podcast, it was pre-COVID-19. To say the world has changed would be an understatement. To say many of our lives have changed, most likely for the worse at least by our current perception, would also be an understatement. Frankly, I'm kind of scared for myself, for my future, yes, but more so for the people impacted the most, those sick or who have family members who are sick, those who are in mourning, those who have small businesses, and I know several that will undoubtedly need to close or have already, those who are struggling to pay their bills and are now afraid of running out of food and even shelter and those who already have. Yeah, a lot is scary right now, and so much frightens me, and I know you too. But you know what? We will get through this. And yes, life on the other side of it all may be different from what we imagined our futures and the futures of our friends and family to be, but 
We will get through this. And none of us know what light will shine at the other end, what opportunities, people, places will come our way, what new joys, laughs, and loves may arise. Keep hope alive, my friend. Keep hope alive. And remember, podcasts are stay-at-home friendly. So, let's live in the now and compartmentalize all that stuff. Let's chill and be together, virtually. And back to why the hell you would want to listen to anything I have to say. In reply to that, I would first say, A, it helps our psyches to listen to even somewhat like-minded people talk about life in the universe, to know you're not alone in your thoughts and feelings. We probably have a lot of similarities, you and me. And B, you may get information or inspiration or motivation, and I'll do my very best to give you all of those things. By the way, if there's anything I mention in my about 10 minutes life highlight spiel or anywhere in this episode, anything ever at all that piques your interest, please let me know and we'll talk about it more in depth. Okay, it's time to get to know each other and I'll go first. You're in the next episode. Here's 10 minutes or so about Mojo Girl in bullet points. I'm a brat born in Germany to an Air Force captain and a Southern Belle. I learned to talk in Long Island and have lived in two countries and half a dozen cities by the time I was five. The week of my sixth birthday, my parents went up for a joy flight in my father's two-seater Cessna. They came crashing down into a cow pasture. They didn't die, but in many ways they might as well have. My father, the dashing six-foot-three pilot who was, who was on the Air Force recruiting poster, could never fly again. He could never hold a job again. He was given what his neurosurgeon older brother said was a functional lobotomy. Fun fact, my father's older brother, my godfather, the neurosurgeon, the brain surgeon, and his wife also crashed in the Cessna years after my parents' crash. They both died. Yeah, I still like to fly, but only on bigger planes. I have a sister, but I've told people in recent years that I'm an only child. I was a mediocre and sometimes belligerent student who still got excellent grades and received multiple scholarships to college. I was head varsity cheerleader my junior year in high school and public speaking champ my senior year. When I was a freshman in high school, though, I would bring bags of candy to bribe the girls who were supposed to be my friends into letting me sit with them at lunch. I don't think that it was that I needed to bring the candy to sit with them, but I felt like I did. Sometimes, I remember sitting alone crying in the library instead. Only two of us in my high school class in Northern California moved to L.A. to attend USC, me and our class president. I'm the only one of us two now not indicted by a federal grand jury on felony charges and sentenced to prison. This is a guy who I'd played dodgeball with in second grade and who not that long ago I had a three-hour phone conversation with about, about life, during which he couldn't mention enough how successful he was, but that he was contemplating divorce. His holdback, he said, was that he'd have to give away too much of his money. Now he's faced with a whole other kind of loss. I moved out for college when I was 18 and drove to Los Angeles in my 1968 Mustang, 
which I restored two years later with my winnings from being a three-day returning champion on Super Password. My college job was tour guide at Universal Studios. I basically put myself through two degrees at one of the most expensive universities in the country and was two years into studying for my long-held dream of becoming a lawyer, then a politician, when I got sucked into showbiz. My credits include a Star Trek movie, 10 years on a hit sitcom, a few nominations for various awards, and I was honored in 2012 with the Frank Capra Career Achievement Award from the Directors Guild of America. I took four years off from the TV and film business to be the CEO and executive director of an educational nonprofit foundation for inner-city kids. I spent my days driving my old Prius from my office in downtown L.A. to Watts and Inglewood and Boyle Heights. I learned a lot about public education, and I met some wonderful, wonderful kids and teachers and parents and volunteers. I mentored a young girl from the Ramona Gardens Projects for many years. Mentoring was one of the most rewarding yet ultimately disappointing experiences in my life. I'm a huge sports fan and can be an enthusiastic spectator of almost any sport. I've had season tickets to my favorite football team since I was 18, and there's no better time of year to me than NBA playoff season. Thank you, Orlando Bubble. I briefly dated Jeff Goldblum a million years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty much engaged for two years to a major in the British Army. I even lived with him on his base in England for one summer and visited him in Bosnia, where he was demining the fields with NATO troops. My first true love, though, was a bit earlier than the major. I was 24. Byron was an 18-year-old actor who rocked my world. He and I are still friends. He's happily married now. But he said that I was his first love, too. So nice. I made the mistake of going older when I finally did get married, but he charmed me. He was a one-time, big-time Hollywood player, 14 or 17 years my senior, depending upon which story he told. And I ultimately wasn't into being either a trophy or a caregiver. Yeah, there'll be more on that later. (laughs) I'm currently over five years into my favorite relationship ever, with a man 20 years my junior. It works. In fact, many of whom I consider good friends are quite a few years younger than me, although one of my closest friends and confidants was 15 years older. He valiantly fought a losing battle last year with lymphoma. I really miss you, Mark. I never wanted to birth a child, which is good because I couldn't. All those pertinent organs were relocated to a trash bin behind St. Joseph's Hospital years ago. I'd been alone in a hotel room with Sylvester Stallone while he was wearing only his tight black underwear. I had a steamy makeout session with one of the stars of Beverly Hills 90210, and, and I've gotten high with Willie Nelson on his bus. Oh, and a James Bond bought me a drink once, and I made out with the son of another James Bond, And Idris Elba, who I really think should be a James Bond, actually took me out for drinks once. Even though I'm better known as a director, I also produced 16 and a half movies for Hallmark. They were based on a book I pitched to the network myself. The book was the debut novel of the 70-year-old mother-in-law of my best friend, Denise. Let me repeat that part. A 70-year-old woman wrote her debut novel at 70, and it went on to become a successful series of TV movies. It's never too late. 
Hallmark rightfully pulled the plug on the movie series, though, thus the half of the movie I mentioned, when our star was indicted on multiple felony charges in the college admission scandal, along with that friend I mentioned from high school. I jumped out of an airplane in southern England on a rare, clear day, and and I think I saw France from two miles up. I also rode a camel on the Great Wall of China, walked Machu Picchu in Peru, and snorkeled with sharks around the Galapagos Islands. Travel has enhanced every aspect of my life. According to a lovely indigenous woman who did my chart in Guatemala, my Mayan animal spirit guide is a hummingbird, which represents wanderlust. Fitting. Every time I see a hummingbird now, I think it's a lucky day. And it usually is. You know, I actually began this year, 2020, with a cafe au lait sitting outside watching the morning dog walkers stroll by on Saint-Germain-de-Prés in Paris after ringing in the new year on a glorious Seine River dinner cruise below the Eiffel Tower. As I drank my delicious coffee that New Year's Day morning, I thought, wow, this is going to be an amazing year. I'm so excited for 2020. Little did I know. I guess the word amazing still actually fits. Both sides of my family trace back to the colonies. They were part of the founding of the United States of America. I'm a card-carrying member of the Daughters of the American Revolution. I joined on my mother's side, which is traced back to Private Stephen Boyd of South Carolina, but both sides of my family trace back to soldiers in the Revolutionary Army. My father's side traces back to Aaron Gerritsen, born in what would become Maryland in 1755. He died in New Jersey, as they do in 1824. Being a DAR member has always made me really proud for what it means, not always for the politics of its members. My mother grew up in Dallas, where my ancestors had helped found the city in the 1860s. My grandmother once told me I was related to President Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ. I was something like a double fourth cousin once removed, whatever that means. My mother was president of Southern Methodist University's Bible Club. She was a Baptist, a sister of the Chi Omega sorority, and a homecoming queen who became a public school elementary teacher for over 30 years. My mother was also an anorexic alcoholic who drank herself to death in her 50s. She weighed 63 pounds when she died. I was so happy when my mother filed for divorce. Their marriage finally ended when she saw a 10-year-old me sliding down a wall after I tried to protect her. My father ended his 70-some-odd years homeless on the streets of Atlanta. At some point in this pod, I may get into that tragic tale. My friends are my family. I have great friends. Many from my Universal Tour Guide days, many from my decade on the TV show Frasier, and my bestie, Denise, since second grade. I treasure my friends more than they know. We'll talk about friendship and what makes a friend and what doesn't, on future episodes. Denise, my best friend since elementary school, and I were actually scheduled to take a cruise. My first ever cruise. I've never been on one, other than that boat at the Galapagos, which was small. We were going to take a cruise this year to celebrate our decades-long friendiversary. A cruise in 2020. Guess we dodged a bullet there. I serve on the ethics and the leadership committees of my union. I'm a longtime union girl and a fierce union advocate. 
I live with two wonderful rescue cats who were left in the desert after the housing crisis in 2008. They've brought me tremendous joy during some very difficult times, including now. You can see my boys on their Instagram page, at Mojo and Josh. Mojo is short for Mojave, Josh for Joshua Tree. My pod is not named after my cat. After my painful marriage and less painful divorce, I decided to form a personal corporation. I named my company Mojo Girl Productions because it was at that time, post-filing for divorce, when I got my fucking mojo back. I'm calling myself Mojo Girl on this pod because if, if I just started it with my name, I'd be defined by whatever the internet might have to say about me. And that's not necessarily who I am. So I'm keeping it neutral with my podcast name, Mojo Girl. Plus, I like it. The word mojo reminds me of my strength, and I love being a girl. I am constantly stressed and scared about the direction of our country and the world. I'm an atheist, which, depending upon my mood, can make me less stressed or more. Before I developed a hankering for the law and politics, I grew up wanting to be an astrophysicist. I think I would have been a great scientist. Sometimes I think I could be going mad, but then I fall madly in love with some new pursuit and I just continue to get mad at the news. I grew up as an, and was passionately outspoken about being a member of the Republican Party until it finally morphed into something I could no longer support. I morphed too. Thanks for that to travel, education, Ralph Reed, Jerry Falwell, and the Republican House that decided it was a good idea to impeach Bill Clinton and brutally disparage Hillary for 30 years and running. They just can't stand a strong woman. I phone banked for George H.W. Bush, the senior one, and I did the same for Hillary Rodham Clinton. Full disclosure, I voted for Elizabeth Warren this time around, and although he wasn't even my third choice, I would walk over flaming coals to vote for Joe Biden. Those of you listening to this pod after the election, you know what happens. I don't right now, and it scares the crap out of me. But I will try to avoid expressing my feelings on this pod about the current state of our government. Maybe. You know, not that long ago, after a two-year process, including multiple State Department interviews in Washington, D.C., and achieving both top security and worldwide medical clearances— I was placed on the State Department's hiring list as a Foreign Service officer specializing in public diplomacy. I was so proud. I was elated. It's what I wanted to do. I wanted to change the world and serve the country I love. Another situation beckoned at the same time, though, and I made the agonizing decision to go with that marriage. I did not move abroad as a diplomat. Probably a good choice in hindsight, I guess, as I likely would have resigned the State Department in protest by now over what's happening with our leadership. And yes, I'm putting air quotes around the word leadership. I do always wonder, though, about the road not traveled. But no regrets. Absolutely none. First rule of mojo, never any regrets. Second rule of mojo, the best is yet to come. So that's Mojo Girl in a Nutshell. What's in your nutshell? Maybe we can <laughs> crack both of our nuts and go deep. We'll see. By the way, since this first season of Mojo Girl Madness is loosely focused on identity, I've ordered the 23andMe and Ancestry DNA kits. I know, I know, my DNA will be in some database and my privacy will be over, but 
I mean, isn't it already? Is it yours? Best case, someone uses it to make a clone of me and I get to live a whole new life. More mojo. If you want to do 23andMe or Ancestry kits along with me, let me know. Maybe you can come on the show with me and we'll share. Come on, I need company on this. Don't make me do it alone. Thanks for listening to episode one of Mojo Girl Madness. This one was about mojo, but the next episode is all about you. I really hope you come back and join me for this journey, wherever it leads. Remember, you can reach me directly via email, iammojogirl at gmail.com. And I'm posting a few episodes now, all at once, to get us started. Then new episodes will be posted weekly, unless I let you know otherwise. Moving forward, I'm going to try to anticipate topics you'd like to discuss. And yes, I do consider this a discussion. Please feel free to reach out with questions, with fears, with concerns. I really hope you do. And those topics will be addressed with whatever words of comfort and sanity I or my guests can provide. We really are all in this together. Every now and again, I will also read you a story, a personal story that I've written about my own journey and experiences. Stories I think are relatable. Those are the really vulnerable episodes. If you are at all intrigued, please hit that subscribe, follow, favorites button so you can come back easily. And maybe click on the share line and send it to a friend or two. I'm doing this pod alone, fellow Mojo, so I could use your help in spreading the word and expanding our community. Let's do this. Tell your tribe to follow Mojo Girl Madness and we'll all go mad together. Until next time, I am Mojo Girl. Love you madly. Mojo Girl Madness is produced by Morgan McDougal Productions. Make sure to catch Jackie McDougal's awesome pod, 40 Thrive, wherever you get your podcasts.